What's up, y'all? Today, I have a very special guest. I think I say this for most of my guests, but this is my friend Tim Modlin, who's going to be joining me in a conversation today where he shares pretty tactical advice on how to discover peace of mind in the Psalms. Now, Tim sees himself as a conduit for encouragement and wants to show you how to discover peace of mind in the Psalms. So he teaches through 2 Samuel. He teaches through Psalms 3, 121, 143. It's honestly such a scripture-rich episode. And I know that if you are searching, if you're praying for peace in some capacity from the Lord, he definitely used Tim today. So let me tell you about Tim. He's a husband. He's an adoptive parent. He's a Bible class teacher, a journaler, and he calls himself an ambassador of encouragement. And he totally is. Tim hosts the top 2.5% globally ranked podcast, Anchors of Encouragement, a podcast offering biblical mindset support for adoptive parents. Tim enjoys hiking, playing euchre with his friends. I don't even know what that is. And designing printing t-shirts. In today's episode, like I said, we actually take a journey through 2 Samuel and the Psalms to see how David was actually journaling himself. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode and I pray that it blesses you. Let's dig in. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. All right, y'all. I have my friend Tim Modlin on the podcast today, and I'm excited for this conversation. Thanks for being here, Tim. Oh, thank you, Erica. I'm really excited to be here, too. Yeah. I call you my pod sister. I know we're always, so guys, we're in a mastermind together and our mastermind is technically over, but we still all get together and there's like 40 women and Tim. So <laughs> we always call him our brother or God bless you ladies and Tim. So mm -hmm. it's always funny to, to see the group interacting and Tim is wise. He's really sweet and very, very thoughtful and just insightful. So I'm excited to to have a conversation that we're going to have today because the way that Tim goes about processing things is probably something similar to what some of you do or want to do. Um, you just don't have the tools that you might need or kind of the, you know, the framework. So tell us a little bit about how, what you do and, and how you started doing it. Well, a lot of what has happened to me and why I do the things the way I do them stems from a personal story that happened with my son. A little backstory for myself is uh, my wife and I are blessed to have adopted two boys and we adopted them at birth. And when we adopted them, 
everything was fine but especially with the oldest as he started to grow older we noticed that there were some behavior challenges negative behaviors and we would ask friends we sought you know counselors we prayed about it and nothing we really tried to do seemed to work and as he grew, grew older the behavior came to a head and it escalated to the point where it became necessary to uh, send him to residential treatment and it's there that i discovered some things that i've incorporated into my life things that he incorporated into his life to help help him heal his heart and so that's kind of where i'm going to be coming from today with with what we're going to talk about and i can i'm going to elaborate more on that as we go through this yeah well thank you for sharing that i think there are a lot of women in my age group and their husbands who are considering fostering or adoption and mm -hmm. knowing that this you know what we're going to talk about today and kind of how you work through things has been helpful i think will help everyone process and work through the things that they are struggling with or praying through. So you have a full podcast on, you know, the support that you provide to adoptive parents. Mm -hmm. So definitely want to point people to the podcast and we'll do that at the end. But, you know, one of the things that we, as a, you know, our cohort, our group of friends looks up to you for is the power of journaling. Mm -hmm. And you are, in addition to being a journaling expert, you're also a Bible teacher. And I really wanted to bring you on today to kind of talk through, you know, where we can be in the word of God to have that peace of mind that so many anxious, overwhelmed women crave. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to share? What do you want to, uh, to pour into these women with? I want to, to share some stories. And I want to hopefully help uh, your audience uh, discover peace of mind using the Psalms. I'm a lifelong Bible teacher, and it wasn't until more recently that I saw something in the Psalms that's always been there. I just didn't realize it. And my role today is to be a conduit of encouragement. It's just to share some some verses and some understanding from these verses and then let the Word of God do what it does. Um, God said, you know, his word will not come back void. That's right. If I can share some things that will help your audience, that's great. I'm imagining that there's someone struggling today. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of one individual, and I, I probably will never meet this person, and whether or not we ever meet, that doesn't matter. I'm trusting the conversation we're going to have is God will allow it to encourage someone who wants peace of mind in their life. Yeah. And I wanted to begin with a quote from my favorite author, Andy Andrews. He, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote. He said, we're either in a storm, we're coming out of a storm, or we're about to go into a storm. And the thing about that is, that's for all of us. We're either going into one, coming out of one, or in one at the moment. And so I wanted to share this personal storm in my life, and I've kind of alluded to it already, but... I'll start to bring it back to talking about journaling and the mm -hmm. Psalms here as we go through this. As I mentioned, my son was in residential treatment. And when he went there, he's fine with me sharing details of this story. He's been on my podcast mm -hmm. and talking about his story. We had to send him there because it wasn't safe. 
for him to be at home anymore. And when we sent him there, he was so angry. He was so angry and his eyes were so dark. And after a few weeks in treatment, we noticed that his eyes were starting to brighten up again. And I remember asking his therapist, I said, you know, what's going on here? Because something was changing in him, but I didn't understand what was going on because we had tried all different types of things over these years to help him, but nothing was working. We came to find out that he suffered from what is called adoption trauma. For those in your audience who are looking to foster or adopt, that's a reality for some of us. You know, adoptive families, birth mothers, they all go into this adoption plan or whether it's fostering too. You go into it for the right reasons. You want to provide a home for these children. Unfortunately, someone gets hurt in the process. Yeah. The child gets hurt. And even though we had adopted our son at birth, he had experienced trauma in the womb. Trauma we didn't even know about. And we didn't understand until he was in residential treatment. And when he was in that treatment and I talked to his therapist, said, what's going on? Why is he all of a sudden starting to become happy? She said he's learning to like himself. And for a, a father to realize his son didn't like himself, that just tore us up. And I said, well, how, how is he learning to like himself? And she said, he's journaling. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Because, <laughs> you know, we've talked uh, before, uh, you're going to be homeschooling. Yeah. Uh, my wife homeschooled our boys. Yeah. And when it came time for him to do any kind of writing, he would cry. He just hated it. But when he was in residential treatment, he had to write. And I said, okay, excuse my ignorance, but I don't understand this. To me, journaling was something a high school girl did in her, her diary. Yeah, That was I, my basis. That's me. I was that okay. girl. <laughs> okay. So I had no point of reference to understand this, even though I had heard of Anne Frank. In, yeah. But I had really no point of reference to understand the power of journaling. And so this therapist said something that I want to share with your audience. She told me, you can think a feeling, you can speak a feeling, but if you want to touch a feeling, you need to write. Yeah. And I thought, that's pretty profound. And what we discovered was that our son was touching those feelings. He was actually touching feelings for things he couldn't even verbalize because the trauma that he experienced in the womb he couldn't put words to, but through the process of journaling, he was touching these feelings and he was starting to learn how to like himself for the first time in his life. And since he's been in treatment, he's had some ups and downs, but he still journals. And it's something that I've have adopted as a practice for myself. I've done it every day. In fact, in preparation for this episode with you, I was up at five o'clock this morning there was a download that came to me. And so I was, I was writing in my journal and, and putting some of the thoughts together that I'm sharing with you all today. And so that is my personal story and my personal storm and how I got involved in journaling and why I have made it a practice in my life. But I want to now pivot and share a personal story, not a personal story for myself, but a personal story of someone in scripture. Yeah a storm this person went through 
and then what he did to help heal his heart and to find peace in his life. So that's where we're going to to take this next. Awesome. Who is this person? This is King David. Hey. King David. And since uh, those in your audience, I'm sure, are aware, he is referred to in Scripture as the sweet psalmist of Israel. He wrote the majority of the psalms that we find. But before we get to any of those psalms, I want to to share a story about him. Sure. And I'm not going to to read all the scriptures that are referenced here, but I would encourage you to start in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and go through 2 Samuel chapter 16 to hear the story that I'm talking about. Sure. In 2 Samuel 11, David did one of the most heinous things that a man after God's own heart could do. He had an affair with another woman, and he proceeded to try to cover up the affair by murdering one of his mighty men. If you look in Scripture, too, Uriah the Hittite is referred to as one of his mighty men, one yeah. of his confidants. He has Uriah murdered. Second yeah. Samuel chapter 12, the prophet Nathan comes to, to David in that famous conversation he had with him. He says, you're the man. Yeah. He prophesies there's going to be adversity in your house because of what you did. And it's very next chapter, chapter 13 of Second Samuel. And I don't know how many years it's been since the affair and the, the murder. But in Second Samuel 13, one of David's sons, Amnon, rapes his half-sister Tamar. Yeah. David is upset. David does nothing. Tamar's brother Absalom in that same chapter plots to murder his brother Amnon, which he does. He has mm -hmm. him murdered. Yeah. And then Absalom goes into exile. He yeah. runs from his father. Well, in chapter 14, I know I'm going fast with this, but we'll get to how this comes to a head. After a few years, Absalom returns to Jerusalem, but he still doesn't see his father. And then in chapter 15, we see what Absalom is really up to. He is uh, planning a conspiracy. He's planning a coup against his dad. Yeah. He's going to take his dad down. And at this point, David is probably in his late 50s, early 60s. Absalom is a young buck. He's in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. So mm -hmm. there's no comparison when you think about physical strength because he can take his dad. But he not only has that going for him, he has won the heart of the people. He has managed to uh, ingratiate himself because of his good looks and his his way with uh, words to to get a following and he's got a following to the point where he's planned this coup he has an army ready and willing to go with him and fight for him and he's he's coming to jerusalem word comes to david that absalom has his people with him and they're going to overtake the city and you need to leave now that's where we get to the story that i really want to focus on in chapter 15 of second samuel and as we look, I'm going to read a couple of two or three verses here to help us understand this. David is forced to flee the city. And so he, he wants to get those of his family, his wives and ch younger children, get them out of there. Verse 17, the king went out with the people after him and stopped at the outskirts. People passed by in verse 23. All the country wept with a loud voice as they're crossing the brook Kidron. Verse 30, it says, David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives, and as he wept, he went up, and he had his head covered and went barefoot. This is the ultimate act of betrayal. 
-hmm. when a son is going to rebel against you, seeking your life, seeking to, to overthrow your throne and to assume the kingship. That's what Absalom was doing. You can tell how devastated David is just from the historical account that we have in 2 Samuel 16. Not only that, he has other individuals. There's a, a man who is the son of Jonathan, his best friend, Mephibosheth. David has taken care of Mephibosheth for years. Mephibosheth was uh, hurt in an accident. He was he's handicapped, and David says, you know, for the sake of your father, I'm taking care of you, and he has. Well, Mephibosheth sees this as an opportunity to gain the throne. Not only that, there's another individual, and he's mentioned in chapter 16, Shimei. He's throwing rocks and taunting David and his, his group as they're leaving Jerusalem. All these people are piling on to David, also with the understanding that Absalom and his group are bearing down on the city. All that's happening. And that's where we get to the story and to understand what David was going through. We have the historical record in 2 Samuel 15 and 16 here. But when we go to the Psalms, we can see exactly what David was going through. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast? but you don't know how and where to start. It's too much, it's overwhelming. Trust me, I get it. Let Jor's Joy podcast production and management services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message Jor's Joy at facebook.com forward slash Jor's Joy. All right, back to the show. And I would like to read this song for you is in Psalm 3. And if you look at the inscription in this Psalm, it says a Psalm of David regarding the time David fled from his son Absalom. These inscriptions are something that have passed down through the ages with the Psalms. And so it's really interesting. Not all the Psalms have these types of inscriptions, but some of them do. And this is one of them that gives us the historical record or the account that's being talked about. So in this psalm, just listen to it. It's very short, but listen to what David said. This is what he was thinking and what he did the night that Absalom was coming to Jerusalem and when he had to leave. He says, O oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. Now in your Bibles, you're going to see a word selah or salah. That take as a musical term that means to pause. So we pause between verse 2 and 3. Verse 3 picks up again. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory and the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept. Yet I awoke in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Those are the words he penned. I don't know if he penned them that night, but he certainly penned them when he was reflecting upon what was going on. And what I want to, to show you now is this is the way we can discover peace of mind with the Psalms. 
is as we look back to this particular psalm, we get to verse 5. He says, I lay down and slept, yet I awoke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. It's hard to comprehend, at least it is for me, how someone who could be running for his life was able to go to sleep that night, to go to sleep at all. Yeah. Go to sleep that night and have peace of mind. David is would be around my age. And I just can't imagine if my son had betrayed me and was coming to kill me, how I could get out of town and go to sleep. But that's what David did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what David did. He took a rest. He did. He did. But the thing that's interesting, and this is the the idea I want to to point out, David is doing what the Apostle Paul tells us to do in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. He says, don't worry about anything. I'm, I'm going to read this verse to you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's what the apostle Paul did. That's what King David did. He poured his heart out to God. You can see at the start of this, oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. He's pouring his heart out to God. He's saying, okay, this is bad. And so God, help me. He's saying, rescue me. And then verse three, you are a shield around me. And so he starts to experience this peace so he can go to sleep. Mm -hmm. The way I tie this in with journaling and the Psalms and what my son and what I've gone through with different storms, David is an inspired writer. Yeah. I believe all scripture is given by inspiration of God. David was inspired by Holy Spirit to, to write these words, to write these thoughts down, these feelings that he was going through. This was the thing that came to me as I was thinking more about this. How did David reveal these Psalms to us? He had to write them down. Yeah. The Psalms are really David's journal. Mm -hmm. I came across something that in a pamphlet I, I have about the Psalms, and I want to read this for you. It says, the Psalms are songs of praise, thanksgiving, lament, wisdom, blessing, and more. They provide us with models for our own spiritual lives. When pain has robbed us of words and meaning, the Psalms provide us with words to scream to God for help and solace. When joy has filled our hearts so thoroughly, the Psalms help us express our gratitude and our praise to God, who is the fountain of all goodness. When we're in one of those storms, a storm like David was in, I hope, I hope none of you have to experience that kind of betrayal. Seriously. When we were visiting our son in residential, we got to meet with other parents and we heard some horror stories. Parents that were fearful. If you're going through something like that, or if you're going through any kind of storm, these psalms can provide us with the words to scream to God. Sometimes you don't know what to say. But one of the things you can do, and this is what I, I like to do on my podcast, is I like to give my listeners a daily doable, some kind of an action step that they can do in order to, to realize whatever topic I'm talking about that day. Since we're talking about realizing peace of mind in the Psalms. 
the daily doable I want to give your listeners today is this. I want them to journal. I want to encourage you to journal. I've told you that I had a misconception about it. I've, I've since learned to understand how powerful it is. Some people might think, how do I journal? Well, there's no wrong way to journal. There's only the right way, W-R-I-T-E. You just need <laughs> to write. And one of the ways you can do, do this and do this effectively is to use David's words in this psalm. Yeah. You can copy the verses from this psalm down. I've done this. I've copied verses down when I didn't know what to say. And it's amazing what will happen when you allow God's word to flow through your hand onto paper. I'm reminded of Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. That's why I said I'm I'm just a conduit today. If I can encourage you to pick up God's word, pick up whatever translation of it that speaks to you, and simply copy these verses down, there is power in that that exercise that's going to help you realize peace of mind. Yeah, it's so timely what you're sharing because lately I've been copying a lot of scripture into my journal after I journal my prayers. So I'll basically be like what I think is done <laughs> for with writing for the day. And then I'll be in the word. I usually journal before I start reading because I'll I'll pray that the Lord would help me understand what I'm going to read. And I write out that prayer. And then suddenly I feel led to write down a verse that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And typically it's a, it's a verse that I have questions about. So then I start journaling my questions and then I start praying over it. And so much of life's decisions in our house are made through that process. Because what I realize after praying and meditating and bringing it to the Lord again and again, is that he's actually using his word to respond to my prayers in a lot of cases. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And as you were talking, uh, it reminded me of a verse that I'm trying to pull it out because I just looked at it recently. It's talking about the idea of meditation. Mm. And the actual way the verse is worded is that we remember and we meditate and we muse. God wouldn't be telling us to do the same thing three times. That'd be redundant. But he's telling us first you remember things and then you meditate. You start to repeat them over and then you muse. You start to try to make applications in your life. And that's what you're describing to me when you're journaling is that when you write a verse down, it's going to trigger something, a response that's going to help you start to make connections in your life. Yeah. And that's that's what this process can do. There's another in the same pamphlet I read from, and this is this is one of those God whispers to me because my podcast is called Anchors of Encouragement. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. It blew me away because it talks about the Psalms and it talks about memorizing the Psalms. It mm-hmm. says memorization is a tool that God uses to speak to us. When we are grasped with sorrow, despair, anguish, fear, or temptation, all those memorized verses will come back to us. Mm -hmm. God speaks to us through them in unexpected ways. They become anchors for our wandering minds and hearts. Yeah. You know, we can be anchored in the word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when we find ourselves struggling with the situation in a storm of life, the word 
of God can give us these anchors to grab a hold of to help get us through those times. Absolutely. I know so many times when I'm in a moment of feeling disconnected from myself, either a worship song or a verse will come to mind, not because I've tried to recall it, but it does come to mind because it's internalized, right? And it's always at the right time. And I did search for that verse. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it, it's probably Psalm 143. And he says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. And then the very next verse is, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Selah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one. And I, yeah. I I was thumbing through my journal as you were reading that, and that's where I had written it down. Mm-hmm. Something that came to me, and this is one of those connections that is really interesting. If you keep reading uh, verse 8, it says, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I'm trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Mm-hmm. I was journaling one morning. I was journaling that verse, and I got an email with the subject line, what comes after trust? You know, and it's just one of those coincidences that I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence. But anyway, I asked myself, what comes after trust? And it says, oh, I'm going to show you where to walk. I'm going to direct your steps. That's right. But it's a beautiful thing if you think about it when this, the psalmist, and this is David again, in 143, he says, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. Yeah. That's a great way to start the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And where do we hear of it? In his word. You hear it in his word. And I asked myself that question in the journal. How many ways can I hear of God's unfailing love? Certainly in his word. Yeah. Then I get there's manifestations of it in nature. There's manifestations of it Mm -hmm. in people who you interact with. Yeah. God is always there to show you. He's always there. Mm hmm. And the thing that I was even looking at is, uh, you know, sleeping behind me is my dog. He doesn't leave my side. He and loves I thought, you. Yeah, he loves me. He's so devoted to me. And I thought, hmm, God doesn't necessarily shout that he's right there, but he's always there. Yeah. He's always there. He's always there to watch over. And that's one of the things that David could take comfort in knowing even though things were as bad as they were with his son, he knew God was there and God was going to protect him. Mm-hmm. God had protected him in the past. Yep. He, he was fine and he yep. could go to sleep again. That's a level of faith that I wish to aspire to mm. that regardless of what's going on, I can take comfort and know that God's got my back and I don't need to worry. There's another Psalm. This is one of the 15 Psalms of the sense. It's in Psalm uh, 121. This is not a Psalm of David, but it says, verse three, he will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. I can go to sleep knowing God doesn't need to take a break. That's right. He's always working. He's always watching over, watching over all of us. So there's just so much comfort that I've been discovering in these Psalms. And then 
I've been writing that verse down, copying it down just to get those thoughts ingrained in my mind and to use them as anchors whenever I'm starting to feel a little anxiety or just wondering what things are, how things are going to be working out. They help me. That's great. So your daily doable, everybody, if you are not driving right now, grab your journal, grab a pen, or even just a little note paper, a little piece of paper and just journal, copy the, the verses from Psalm three for yourself. And, and like Tim said, discover peace of mind. So on that note, I am so grateful that you shared all of this encouragement and wisdom with us. And I know that if my listeners are like me, they would love a little more of this. So where can they connect with you, Tim? Well, the podcast is called Anchors of Encouragement. It's biblical mindset support for adoptive parents. Yeah. And I'm found on all platforms where podcasts are available. Uh, There's podcast platforms that I find that I'm on that I didn't even know existed. But the, the, the big ones are, you know, Apple and Spotify. Yeah. Those are the, the two biggies that most people seem to to listen to it on. But yeah, I, I have a podcast episode each week. And so there'll, there'll be a new one coming out this week. But there's there's dozens of podcast episodes already. More where I tell the story and even more, a few where my son has been on there. One specifically that I can give you the episode number where he talks about his uh, experiences with journaling. So perfect. Well, thank you for coming on to the show, brother. We love you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And I hope this has uh, found someone's heart and helps them today. I know it has. God bless you, friend. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.